Today, we're talking to Rosie, CIO at Big Commerce, about how to stay true to the core of servant leadership through uncertainty. You're listening to Joel Beasley, Modern CTO. So how long have you been at Big Commerce? Well, you know, I am approaching my first anniversary. Can you believe that? You know, I joined at the end of September. Uh, so, and I am proud to say I'm the inaugural CIO as well. So this is the first position, the CIO position at Big Commerce. So first position and it was an outside hire. Yes, 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 exactly. I've been in the IT industry for a very long time, almost, I hate to admit, uh, cl- approaching 25 years. And so uh, it was really exciting to be able to come to Big Commerce because it's uh, my first in the software SaaS industry. Um, and so I really appreciate the, the the difference in everything from, you know, having a full con- constituency that's all technology. You know, some people in the industries I've been previously like to fancy themselves as technologists and some of them truly are, but in a, a SaaS company like Big Commerce, they're all very strong in their technical acumen. So it's great to not have to sell the concept of technology to to my business and my business partners. And were you in commerce before or just IT in general? IT across multiple industries, um, consumer products, pharma, automotive, hence why I'm partially based in Detroit. And I may have said consumer products, uh, but yeah, across multiple industries. Oh, and staffing staffing as well. And when you're not in Detroit, where do you spend your time? Half the time is in Austin. Okay. So Big Commerce headquarters. Uh, My family is from the Texas area. uh, And so it was great. I luckily uh, was able to spend a lot of time in Austin. So feels like a second home. But I raised my son here in the greater Detroit area. So he's still in school here. So I go back and forth quite frequently. I'm trying to get to the point where I can do summers up here and winters in Texas. <laughs> best of both worlds? <laughs> yes, the best of both worlds, exactly. So what is your role like as a CIO at Big Commerce? Oh, gosh, um, it's exciting. Uh, it's a young, a relatively young company. I've been in well-established organizations. Um, you know, I started my early years uh, implementing ERP systems, uh, and so... I've worked at Fortune 500 companies, well-established organizations, et cetera. So having come, ha- having now been here for a year, I have to say that they're, um, it's a young company, very in- scrappy and um, enthusiastic in building our solutions, growing our solutions. As I mentioned, I'm working with, uh, with my constituents that are very strong technically as well. You know, prior and absent of uh, having a CIO role, a lot of the technology functions sat in different parts of the business and they recognize in order for us to grow at scale, they have to centralize the function, adopt best practices and just general IT operations. And now that we're also a publicly traded company, there's a lot of security controls that we have to abide by as a publicly traded company. And um, and so that's everything that I bring. And I really enjoy being able to implement a lot of those things here at Big Commerce. How big is the company currently? Like, how do you talk about that publicly? In terms of revenue, close to 300 million, um, as well as about 50, 
not specific numbers, but 14, 1500 employees globally. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. fairly large. So other than, other than the controls, do you have any fun challenges? <laughs> Sorry. Like the <laughs> uh-huh. compliance challenges don't seem that <laughs> much fun. Much. Do you have any other type of fun challenges? <laughs> uh. I would agree with that statement wholeheartedly. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we're doing at Big Commerce is that part of our strategy is to also grow and, and pursue enterprise customers. And in order to do that, um, we have to look internally at our operations to see how we can grow at scale to do that. And so we're looking at a whole transformation program right now in uh, evaluating our internal processes, how we capture the data, how we measure ourselves and KPIs, as well as what systems we use today and determine whether that's going to actually enable us to grow as well. So so that's a pretty significant program that uh, that I'm helping lead with some of my business partners. So I would say that's fun as well. It depends on how you define fun. Well, when you come in and you're in a completely new role, did they allocate certain teams to be under that specific role? Or did you sort of network with the constituents, as you're saying, and figure out where the needs are in your first year? How does that work? Well, I think that there was some roles and some groups and teams that were known as true technologists that support and enable our our business. And those were immediately allocated to my team. And that as we were surprisingly dealing with some of our controls, it was recognized that more teams needed to move and consolidate. And that's what we decided to do as well. And it's a little bit of both, Joel, where we, as as there's more autonomy, certainly with technology teams sitting as close to the business as possible, um, there's a lot of things that uh, we have to just negotiate through and say, the teams won't get repurposed or reallocated when they get centralized and things like that. But overall, it's been a great move to do the consolidation. And uh, we're not done on that journey, but looking for uh, continued improvements in our ability to serve the entire organization. Now, I've never done what you've done, so I don't know. But I would imagine that if I come in outside hire, new department, new teams, things moving around... I would really be focused and thinking about the communication and interacting with those people because typically people are scared of things they don't understand. When they're when new, there's a lot of conversations going on. How did you as a leader go into this situation and win over the the people on your team and within the organization? Yeah, no, that's a really great question. You know, when I first joined, um, my first 30 days was really getting a lay of the land, getting to understand who my main um, business partners would be, uh, understanding where the technology sat. I also took on procurement because a lot, for certainly for a technology company, we buy a lot of technology. Uh, so I took over the procurement function also. And so there was, um, depending on the type of engagement that they had with their technology, there was some certainly apprehension, of course, you know, because there's a movement of cheese, if you know what I mean. But as all the, the biggest thing was trying to establish a good relationship, making sure that I'm completely transparent. I'm here to help support and serve the, the organization and help institute best practices in our IT operations. So 
So once they were able to understand my intent and my goal, um, we establish kind of a common goal. And if the teams, for those teams that had to transition over, there was certainly some shared expectation about how we would do that transition. And for the teams themselves, certainly, again, they there's mixed uh, emotion on that because of the existing teams. They've worked, you know, their ways of working was well established. But I believe that with my continued discussions with the team, being very transparent, explaining my general leadership style, they had a lot more comfort in in how I execute in, in this role. And so by and large, I have to say that it's gone really, really well. Uh, I, I'm really pleased with how I've integrated into the organization. I met with all the executive leaders. I have responsibility to the board as well. So I have re- regular discussions with them also. And so it was great. It, it was a very smooth process. Um, but and certainly, I mean, even for myself, there's, you know, it's almost like starting a new school or starting at a new uh, company. You always there's always a bit of apprehension of, you know, culturally, will I fit with the vibe of the company? But that's one of the key reasons why I joined Big Commerce was their was their company culture. What's that like? Oh, it's amazing. When I was going through the hiring process and now sitting on the other side, hiring uh, talent into big commerce, what we mainly focus on and what resonated with me through my own interviewing process is that they look for two things. One is just what you have on your resume, right? It's it's what uh, you come to the table with in terms of the fit to the role. But a- another equally important dimension is your uh, what we call bucket two, which is how collaborative uh, um, and um, the EQ or emotional intelligence and the self-awareness that you bring so that even though you could be extremely, one could be extremely productive, highly successful at the bucket one, the things that you're good at in your resume, without being good at the bucket two things, there will be a point at which a person may stagnate because of the challenges of just emotional intelligence and the ability to collaborate and work through courageous conversations. And so I really appreciate the fact that the company looks at both dimensions equally. Do you have any favorite leadership authors or people you like to follow? Oh, gosh. I'm never good at quoting these. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've always... Simon Simmer. Cynic, yeah, Cynic, yes. I don't. Yes. I, I mess up his last name all the time. I know it's not Cynic, <laughs> but I call him Simon Cynic because yes. I don't know. That's, I don't know that's what I think. <laughs> I know, I know, but I do like his um, the way that he uh, looks at leadership. I am a firm believer in servant leadership, especially in the role that I play. And as I moved uh, through my career, the higher um, the the more influence you have in the role that you play. It's so important to ensure that you're enabling and, and serving the teams that you lead. And so I've been really privileged to have an executive mentor that um, taught me a lot about servant leadership and how to stay aware and um, and recognize that we lead a whole person, not just an employee with a specific job. It's It's the whole person and they come to the job as a whole person. So we have to help support them as a whole person. And that's what I really, really um, enjoy about being in leadership. One of the interesting things that 
one of the things I found to be most interesting about hiring people and building teams is that there's a good portion of humans who believe that their work self and their personal self are separate. And then there's the group of humans that are just completely aligned. And for me, it took me a long time to figure out that I have to find the human that's as aligned as possible and that whatever carrot they're going after is the same carrot I'm going after or our paths run together so we're we're all in the same direction. They win and we win. And that took me like many hires and lots of money to figure that out. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it can at times be a very expensive lesson, you know. And so interviewing and being able to hone in on such a short period of time, right? Interviews last 30, 45 minutes sometimes. It's so difficult to hone in on that. And that's the reason why I use and probe very deeply on situational leadership, uh, situational interviews and situational questions, because it's really important to understand their frame of mind as they uh, approach challenging situations. Uh, So do you have any good examples or hypotheticals that you run often? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Typically, it's more of asking them to explain in detail uh, their biggest challenge um, in their experience. What was the, uh, how did they overcome it? And what was the lesson learned on the other side? So I asked them to to go into a lot of detail about that, whatever it may be. What's some of the cra- crazy responses that you've gotten? Can you share anything? <laughs> What's a, can you share what a bad experience would, or a bad answer would be? Oh, well, certainly, um, <laughs> well, usually if HR has to be involved and have them walked out, <laughs> would not be the best, uh, would not be the best response, but they usually don't uh, outline those kinds of scenarios in an interview. But yeah, uh, I think that where I, I can see if they are challenged in that space on the bucket too is if they can't really answer um kind of the thoughtfulness involved in learning from that experience and how they've mm. applied it um and so that's that's usually where i see if they've if they've really um learned from those things because without that level of self-awareness it's it becomes a challenge it continues to propagate and 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 that's not what i'm looking for yeah, when you were asking that question, I was like, "Ooh, which one? <laughs> which which learning journey <laughs> which, would I share?" Should, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, there's always everybody has one. So, do you ever have to ask yourself that question? Oh, yeah, all the time. I think it's really important as a leader to do a lot of self-reflection because we're still human too. As much as I've been a, a student of servant leadership, I I still have to recognize that at times um, even though I'm here to address a lot of the team's frustrations. And so by and large, more, most often that more often than not, I find myself a lot more calm in situations where my teams are frustrated so I can get to resolution quickly, but I still do find myself at times frustrated. And so I just have to acknowledge and give myself some grace and just recognize I've, I've got to work through it. But I, at least the most important thing is that you recognize when it's happening. So you can, can you work yourself through that so that you can be there for your team? And that's what I try to do. Uh, it's, no one's ever perfect at it, um, but it's important to, to still continue to, to do that for the sake of the team. Yeah. What big project are you really excited about right now? 
good question. Um, it's the transformation project. Uh, we're doing quite a bit in our, uh, and it's going to be from an end to end, from our go to market side to our back office. Uh, and so we're looking at how do we position ourselves the best to, to sell to our enterprise customers and what kind of metrics do we want to track? What deeper insights do we want to build for our leaders as well as our, our sales and marketing organization? To ensure that we are honing in on um, the ideal customer profile and we're targeting our efforts towards towards that population. Well, people are listening and they're like hearing about the product. <laughs> like ideal yes. customers, like, well, this is a great time to plug big commerce. Yes. Who's your ideal customer? Well, I would say that it's um, you know, uh anyone that sells product and you know, growing internationally, we look for uh enterprise customers that are challenged with and certainly right now with the economy as challenging as it is, you know, it's the recognition that uh, for those enterprise customers that are trying to grow, we're look, we are, uh, we're here to help support their, uh, their own transformation. The great thing about our product is that it's completely composable. And I struggle with the same thing. And the other thing that I would say is that being a CIO and of a SaaS company, uh, the the strategy of our of the solution we sell is the strategy that I'm also implementing internally. And so, you know, Brian and I talk about this frequently that, you know, the the composability, the flexibility, the open API, you know, it the um really it's creating an enterprise platform that is affordable for companies that every company is is not immune to the state of the economy. So as I look for technology solutions that are affordable to our own business, to run our business, I know that my counterparts that look at our solution has to do the same thing. And so when you look at our solution and you're building to for an enterprise customer, we our, our platform basically is completely composable. So that for me, the trade-offs are always the most critical thing. And our solution gives us a platform by which you can add functionality at any time, you know, depending on financial constraints, trade-offs on priorities. And that's what I really enjoy about our solution is that um, that composability and flexibility still provides scale when they, when they need to scale and when they're ready to scale. Do you ever, or does the company ever put out market report trends about what they're seeing because you have the unique position to be able to see across multiple industries, multiple countries, all of this data on how sales and things are doing, or is that information that's considered private and you don't create these types of reports? That is a good question. Uh, and I'll have to say that with my only year experience, I haven't gotten, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know for sure, but I know that we have access to that data. I don't know if it's, I just don't know if it's publicly uh, available. Unfortunately, yeah. but yes, if we do, I and we there, do leverage I, it. I would be asking, I'd be asking my peers to be like, "All right, so obviously there's different governments, and you operate globally, but I, yes. I would be really curious to see if the numbers that were coming out." Uh, at like a state level or like a federal level matched what we saw in our trends. Obviously, there's all different types of economies and yes. all different types of things you can sell. But I, yes. I'm always curious in the companies that are these software as a service companies that touch thousands of businesses and they have this amazing data on how the economy is actually performing. Yeah, you know, and I, 
I can say at previous employment, um, there's a lot of input that uh, we've used to inform like labor trends and things like that and staffing companies. But here also, I would imagine that that data is getting is aggregated. I just don't know if it's being input to like we have relationships with Google Cloud and I'm sure that that's getting aggregated. If it's not already publicly available, I'm sure it's getting ingested and being leveraged in that capacity. And so now where the maturity of the business is at is you're finding these large businesses to work with. When I first came across big commerce like 15 years ago, it yeah. was this uh, script you would download or would be available in cPanel to run. And uh, so it's come a long way. It has. It has a yeah. lot. Um, and there's continued growth. I mean, with our robust technology partners and agencies, there's so much uh, available now to um, to leverage. So it, it's exciting to see how the, the platform is growing and we're exploring AI as well. Yeah, that was actually my next question. No interview in 2023 is complete, even with your grandparents, <laughs> without discussing AI. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I would say that um, both in our on our product platform as well as our internal operations were, were exhausting uh, the different use cases that we could apply and make it available on our product, but also internally. So, yeah, and all solutions are are getting enabled there. We would be left behind if we didn't consider that. And so it it is, and we have a lot of other marketing material that covers that. But yes, we are we are diving into the AI space and uh, have a strong roadmap to implement and enable that. We're so close as a people too. You know, if you look yeah. back at uh, what was that movie with Jarvis, uh, Iron Man. Iron Man, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Where you could just ask Jarvis anything, right? That was sort of the feeling we were hoping for with the series and the Alexas and all of that. But then when the large language models came out, it was oh, like, yes. whoa, they delivered so well. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, for what we provide our experience, you know, we, we track the clicks, we look at what the trends are in terms of our customer's customer and what they're looking into. And so it helps provide insights to our customers about their own customers um, around their products, et cetera. So it's hard not to, um, it's almost more difficult not to be able to take advantage of those things now because in order to stay competitive, you've got to implement a lot of these uh, capabilities. And so we're excited to have that on our on our platform. Yeah, I think we're, maybe a year or two away from me being able to take all of the QuickBooks, all my customer, like all my data and just throw it into this private box and then just say, hey, follow the, like this is one of my favorite authors in business. If they reviewed my business, what would they say? Or this is my favorite M&A firm. By the way, I feel like such a loser having one, but, <laughs> but like this, <laughs> this is my favorite M&A firm. Uh, yes. You know, what? <laughs> <laughs> what what would they how would they evaluate or value my business and it would just have all of that information we're we're not 10 years away from that we're like a year or two away from that oh i know it's very it's it we're on the cusp and that's the i, I don't know how else to call it but exciting and watching how this is going to grow it just the 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 rate of our um ability to innovate is just accelerating so staying on that bleeding edge is so critical for company like big commerce and i know that we invest a lot in making sure that we're on that leading edge. I wonder how long, Rosie, until I have some sort of data pack that as a potential employee, I could like 
share with you and, and plug in. And it would have all information about, you know, conversations I've had or how I handle situations. And it would just detect if it aligned with your culture. That'd be crazy cool. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Wouldn't yeah. it? Yes. I mean, we're close. All the other um, personal data is, is available kind of in that way, blockchain, et cetera. So we're not far. We're definitely not far. What other conversation topics did we want to get to? I haven't really looked at Josh's prep document at all. <laughs> I was just excited <laughs> to talk with you. Likewise, likewise. I would say we could talk about from where I came from with and uh, my, my early years with uh, doing SAP and the ERP implementations, which was con- considered innovative back in the day. And when I say back in the day, that was only in the 90s. Um, Back then, there was, if I don't, if you don't mind me saying that there was a different business model of which those ERP systems was um, transformative to help enable in the evolution of so many different technologies with mobile and then becoming, you know, um, uh, mobile apps, et cetera. It's changed so much that now with the evolution of our business models and the rate of change of our business, the composability of our platform is is extremely aligned to the rate of change of companies. And so that's what I look for, for the systems that we implement internally at BC. But I also know um, in a lot of the conversations that I have with Brian and, and our strategy is that we create that same level of flexibility on our platform. So I'm excited to say that, you know, the strategy that we implement on our product is our strategy internally as well. And uh, that's just the exciting part of my job is doing the exact same thing. A lot of people will say like eating your own dog food, right? Yes. But I had this this awesome girl on named, oh, I hope I get her name right, Archana, like three years ago. And I, I've done like 750 of these, so I forget names a lot. Wow. But I believe her name was Archana and she was the CIO or the C, some, CXO of something over at, um, oh, I could see it in my head, but I, I can't remember. Anyways, she, huge, huge design company, a company that I specifically had liked. Uh, they do a lot of ticket management type, uh, like software engineers will use their software. Oh, like Jira or something like that? Yes. Like who's the company that makes Jira? Whatever that oh. company is. Either way, this girl was so cool. And she said, she said something about eating your own dog food. And then she goes, I like to say drinking your own champagne. And I was like, that is a much better way <laughs> to describe it. I was like, that's much, much classier. Yes. Uh, yeah. She, yes. She so great. true. Yeah. So, so very true. We, ha- we, we have to, you know. Um, but the great thing about it is that our solution is in line with what companies are struggling to deal with today, right? Um, they, they are positioned to to speak the language of my my role and the my constituents, right? They understand that, so it, we have to we we are the front lines of. And my feedback is solicited to understand what are the challenges that other CIOs have. And really right now, it's just managing uh, managing it to enable the business in a very tight um, financial budgets and, and economies. And so we are definitely drinking the champagne. Definitely. So when you're working with all of these great people and the company has an excellent culture, you're loving your job, you're going into year two, when you look at the next generation of leaders that are within your org, 
what trait stands out to you that specifically causes you to think, you know, I should spend some of my time investing in this person because if I saw them do that, and if, if I, I know that that type of behavior, if I invest in them a little bit, that they're going to be 10 times better than if I didn't invest in them. What, what behavior, what trait is that that you're looking for? That's a very good question, Joel. I would say that, you know, if they are able to, and with technology uh, in, in, my or, in my organization, regardless of what company I'm in, if technology is difficult to deliver, right? We always come up with challenges. Um, uh, you know, the most cynical perspective is, you know, it's difficult to deliver on time, on budgets, and with our business teams being completely satisfied, right? There's, al- there's always that. The person that I would look for that uh, has that kind of leadership potential is one that can uh, overcome and overcome the adversity and stay balanced in their in their view of the challenges that we deal with on a day to day basis because there's always challenges, right? And so that kind of individual is able to stay balanced and look ahead and work through the adversity and bring the team along and making sure that we stay you know, we find the through line, as they call it, and be able to to make sure that we have a path forward and rally the team and a kind of a collective thought that even though this is a challenging moment in time, that there is a path ahead. And that's what I look for. Mm. And you said you're a parent, right? Oh, yes. I, I have three under six right now. So that's my that's where I'm at right now. When Good you <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, when you started, for first of all, did you work professionally the entire way through raising your kid? Yes. As a single parent too. Oh, wow. You're strong. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of, uh, sleepless nights. I have to say through his early years as a single parent, I worked, the company I worked for before allowed me to have a flex schedule, but that required me to work late into the evenings. But I very much appreciated that balance to be able to do what I did. Is he at the age where he's appreciative of it yet? Or will that happen oh, like no. in his 20, late 20s, 30s? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to forecast the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's around, around 28, 29 is when I'm 36, 35, 36-ish. I can't remember. But yeah. uh, around, around 27, 28 is when I started to have that new type of relationship with my parents where I'm like, oh my goodness, this is what they dealt with. And when yes. I started to have kids, of course, and understand that. But yeah. I, I always, I found it really interesting to talk with executives and you know professionals like you. Uh, and you're extra strong, so that's great. I like you even more now. But... <laughs> For your ability, like when I was, my kids have tantrums, right? And I find that dealing with those situations, if you're in a car, you got three kids screaming and crying, they're throwing stuff there. It's just going, it's bonkers town, right? And in the car, and yet you're still driving and you're focused and you're dealing with all of this stuff that definitely prepares you to deal. Like I've never had a situation as like at work that was as crazy as three kids just on temper tantrums. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there's a lot of synergies or similarities between <laughs> the parenting perspective and leading and mentoring teams, right? Because you do recognize where they are. You have to meet them where they're at and help them uh, to the next level. And that's exactly what parenting does, right? Um, 
certainly you have a, a lot of vested interest in the children, but, um, you know, um, good leaders also have vested interest in the careers of their of their teams. So, yeah, very, very much understand uh, the the challenges with uh, pure chaos that you're you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not no disrespect to people that are early on in their lives, but, you know, when you're maybe early 20s and you're single and your biggest issue is like you ran out of waffles and now you have to go all the way to the grocery store. (laughs) That's just a different, that's like a different bar of difficulty than, you know, raising a a gaggle of small children, right? (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. Um, adulting is definitely a thing that he's going through at the moment. Um, and it's, uh, it's frustrating for him. As with most the sage, right? Because they they have not, he's a second year in in college, so he's kind of getting his feet under him, but it's still not quite all the way. And so he's he's learning and still doing age appropriate things, you know, which you can recognize having been there before. So so yeah, I'm enjoying every step. I only have one, so it's my always going to be my first and last experience. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be a great one. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes. But yeah, it's a great, uh, you know, you, I'd have to say parenting teaches you, teaches you a level of patience that you never realized you could have. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I tell my wife all the time, I said, when these kids, they're complaining that they're hungry, I was like, we need to do a missions trip or something. We need to show <laughs> We need to show them like what we have. I was like, what about that? What about that room full of food? <laughs> There's a whole room full of food. Uh, and, and they're like, oh, I'm hungry. I don't know what snack I want. And I'm like, man, we, we need to go do some, some type of mission work or, or global type work to show what, you know, other types of civilizations that exist and how, and then that will give you an appreciation uh, for A, being useful for helping other people, and for right. B, just having context of how good life is. Yes, yes, totally. I 100% agree. Having us yeah. awareness of what else is out there gives you definitely appreciation for what you have. Yeah, like if you have I'm a like, bad software and you need a good one, you go to Big Commerce. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We would totally um, be able to support any from small, medium business to enterprise for sure. I love it. So that's just bigcommerce.com? Yes, bigcommerce.com. I think we did it. I think we're professionals. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.